And at a certain point through my reading, uh, conversations with people, my relationships with people, I started bumping into reality. Mm. And my naturalism couldn't explain the way the world really was. Welcome to the Know Why Podcast. I'm your host, Liberty McCarter. For many of us, it's not enough to know what people say about life's most important questions. We also want to know why. Each week, Know Why tackles tough questions on topics ranging from spirituality to current events. While we approach these issues from a Christian perspective, we discuss diverse opinions and ultimately dive into what the research says. Are you ready to know why? Let's get started. What did Jesus say about justice? Welcome to the Know Why podcast. I'm your host, Liberty McCarter. And if you look at lots of surveys about Gen Z and the issues that matter to them, you'll quickly find, and as you probably know as a listener, that Gen Z is very motivated by social causes. Gen Z is an activist generation. And so issues of justice and social justice are really important. And so it matters as we do this series, uh, Know About Jesus, we really want to look deeply at what did Jesus say about justice? How did he demonstrate justice in his own earth? earthly ministry, and what does the rest of the Bible have to say about it? And here to talk about all of that and more with us today is John Noyes with Stand to Reason. John, thank you so much for joining the Know Why podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Good morning. So, John, um, I'm just going to read your bio a little bit, and then we'll jump into the questions. Um, John has worked with as a speaker with Stand to Reason since 2019. He is a former atheist. John used to believe uh, to used to think that belief in God was unwarranted and irresponsible. Then, after examining the evidence for Christianity, he was faced with the fact that Jesus is who he says he is, and the Christian worldview tells us the true story of reality. Ever since, John has been passionate about engaging the culture with honest, well-thought-out reasons why people should trust the Christian worldview. John brings a unique perspective to his audience and the Stand to Reason team, having more than 10 years' experience in the legal field. In 2013, John earned a master's degree in Christian apologetics from Biola University, graduating with honors. John is a founding pastor at Soli Deo Gloria Church. He serves on the board of directors for Life Without Limbs and Bible Thinker. And more than any of this, John is the father of four daughters and the husband of Rihanna. Did I say your wife's name correctly? Rihanna, yep. Okay, and they live in uh, California. So again, thank you, John. So um, I'm so interested to hear more about your story. And it, actually, that's where I want to jump in. And we'll get to the questions about justice here in a minute. But can you tell us more about your conversion from atheism to being an apologist for the Christian faith? Yeah, sure. I, I, um, I mean, all by the grace of God, of course. The I, I grew up actually in a, in a home that... Um, was not uh, antagonistic towards any type of faith or anything. It just didn't exist. We didn't talk about God. There were no conversations. Easter was was bunnies and eggs, and Christmas was uh, Santa Claus and, and and presents and trees and lights. So, uh, so, I, but I grew up just kind of devoid of any type of faith. Actually, uh, that, thinking back on it now, I don't even think I I had any Christian friends. At least I didn't know they were Christian. They weren't Christian in the sense that. Uh, that that they lived that that uh, that that out in their daily lives um, through, I'd say high school and then into college, my atheism really blossomed and bloomed. I thought that the world was best explained by uh, naturalism, the idea that everything is the result of a purely physical process, um, and and all that exists 
is in the physical realm. And uh, then um, I like to say that that really my story starts as all good stories do with I met a girl. Mm. Um, I met my now wife, Rihanna, uh, as I moved from Washington, D.C. to California. I actually was setting up kind of shop in, in Hollywood. I'm working at a law firm in downtown Los Angeles. My first night in L.A., I, I met Rihanna. And over the course of uh, maybe three or four months, we got to know each other. We ended up, we started dating and uh, she was actually really brave. I didn't know at the time that she was a Christian and uh, she eventually kind of came out, uh, so to speak, as a Christian. And I thought, I, I thought Christians were stupid, to be honest. Mm. I thought they were dumb. I thought their ideas, I would have said that actually their ideas were dangerous. So when she told me that she was a Christian, I thought that was like the end of the world. I thought I was, I thought to myself, I can't possibly date you. Like I I literally remember saying to her, like I I remember being in my kitchen in in a duplex I lived in in Hollywood saying to her things like, I thought that you were smart. Like I thought you were an intelligent human being. Uh, You're telling me you believe in Adam and Eve. That's, that is dumb. Mm. You know, nobody believes in that. And uh, eventually actually she stuck with me. Thank God. Uh, She ended up, inviting me to go to church with her. And at that church, I got introduced to uh, some amazing people. I started making friends with actual, like real Christians. I'm using my hands when I'm speaking like quotes, real Christians Uh um, who were trying to live consistently according to the biblical precepts of what it means to be a Christian in front of me. And um, they were, they were really cool. They were nice. They were smart. They, they, they varied in profession and they were pretty a diverse group. I got saved in, or I met Jesus, I should say, in in, uh, in Studio City, California, and so uh, and the pastor of the church I was at ended up giving me a book on Christian apologetics. And Christian apologetics is just a fancy apologetics, is just a fancy word for meaning to give a defense. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was a book on how to uh, why basically why Christianity better explains the world than anything else. And, and I was always concerned with truth, even in my naturalism, I wanted what was true. And as I started reading and researching, I started experiencing and digging deep into the world. Um, reality, I, I, the way that I say it is that reality is the way the world really is, right? So reality is a certain way. It doesn't bend and contort according to our preferences, our likes and dislikes. The world is a certain way. And reality is that thing that we bump into when we don't live according to it. And at a certain point through my reading uh, conversations with people, my relationships with people, I started bumping into reality Mm. and my naturalism couldn't explain the way the world really was. There were certain fundamental features of the world around me that, um, that, that, that cried out for the existence of something more than that's just physical. Um, One of them would be the existence of the soul consciousness um, one of them would be the existence of a moral law. There's, there's, a, there, there's a moral depth to the world around us that each and every one of us knows exists. We live according to it, whether we are taught it or not. It's, it's common and then, uh, among all people. People should be treated a certain way. My naturalism couldn't explain that. And then also, like, I couldn't explain where basic things, like everything came from. Like, like, where did everything come from? You know, we, when I'm sitting here at my desk and I have my computer in front of me, we know where these things come from. If they're here, they need an adequate explanation as to where they came from. I know that this table was probably made in China somewhere by some people, right? And same with my computer. Well, where did the universe come from? 
you know, what caused the beginning of the universe? And my atheism couldn't explain these things. And at a certain point, again, over the course of maybe three or four months, I came to find that actually my naturalism couldn't answer some of the biggest questions of life, but Christian theism could. And uh, eventually, um, through these things, as well as at the same time, keep in mind, I was was reading the Bible. I read the Bible cover to cover, Genesis Revelation, over the course of three months. And, um, And in that interaction with the world around me, with relationships and people, and then that interaction with the word of God, you know, God transformed me and, and changed me. Um, yeah, it was, it was, a, it's an awesome, actually, even now just saying it to you, I've, I've shared my story hundreds of times, but I'm still left kind of, kind of in awe. <laughs> like yeah. if God, if God can save me, he can do anything. <laughs> oh man, I, that's yeah, it was a crazy journey. What, yes, what a journey. And thank you for sharing that. And I just, I want, um, you know, any listeners who may be, you know, they're listening to this podcast, maybe a friend or a relative shared it with them and asked them to listen. And they're kind of like, I don't know, you know, if, if you're having doubts or like you don't even believe and, and you are on the same track that John was on and like Christianity's dumb or like there's, you know, it doesn't explain certain things. I'm so glad you're listening because you're not alone. And if you have those doubts or those questions, that's exactly why we're here having this conversation because we want to address those things. And there are so many good points that you mentioned, John, that just make me think like, oh my gosh, we have to do episodes on like all these things. Cause there are so many good questions that just, you know, beg to be, you know, dug into, so to speak. Um, and the evidence for, uh, as you say, you know, Christian theism being the answer is just so overwhelming. I'm learning so much through this particular series that we're doing. So I'm excited to keep talking about it um, and to hear your perspective. So let's talk about the issue of justice. As I mentioned uh, a minute ago, um, young adults today are very issues oriented and socially active. So it's not really a surprise that justice and, you know, some say social justice are things that we see that Gen Z cares about. So can you define how our culture typically understands justice? Yeah, sure. So I think, I think what our culture believes right now is it seems to what, what, what the category that, or the word that we would the term that we would use to describe it, I think is social justice is kind of, um, the modern understanding of what justice is. And, and, and we understand justice in terms of things like uh, distribution of wealth, opportunities, and privileges mm. um, within, within a certain society or, or, or group of people. Um, and, um, and, and ultimately, it's, it, it, the, 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 again, the term would be uh, distributive justice, right? It, it's, um, it's taking from certain people and then giving to other people. And I think, I think the crux of the, the conversation here and the question really has to do with there's two terms um, that we just we juxtapose against each other. And oftentimes I don't think there's clarity when we use them. And that leads to confusion when we start talking about justice. It, and those terms are, are equality versus equity. Mm-hmm. Right. So so um, our culture right now is pushing towards equity and equity basically is, is it has to do with the outcome. Everybody should have the same outcome, regardless of starting place, regardless of resources. And on its face, it sounds great, but it's achieved through the redistribution of resources, money, and, 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 and means. 
So it's, it, it results in forced redistribution as opposed to a, a, a culture or a system of justice that's based on uh, equality, where equality has to do with equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. So it's not focused on the outcome. It's, it's the idea, and I think that this is the appropriate where we should be hanging our, our justice hat, so to speak, is on equality. Everybody, regardless of socioeconomic status, regardless of race or color or, or where they're from or language they speak, or any of these things, they have the same opportunity to achieve uh, what in previous generations we've called the American dream. Um, you know, and uh, so I think there's confusion there. Our, the current modern understanding of social justice hinges on the idea of uh, equity. Mm-hmm. Equity, meaning everybody should end in the same place, regardless of where they come from. And in this way, I think it, it actually sets up a an unjust system of justice because, and maybe we'll get to this a little bit later when we start comparing it to what, what, what I think true justice is, because I think it sets up, actually it sets up a system of the things that, that it's trying not to set up. It's setting up a system that, that results in, in, a, in, a, in a partiality and, and, um, and it results in uh, unfair treatment of certain people um, just for the very fact that they might have uh, a, either uh, a certain socioeconomic status or they might be of a certain race or what whatnot. And then all of this kind of is culminated and, and, and kept under the umbrella of, you know, the, 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 the big words right now are, are, you know, critical theory, you know, so, so now the, the critical theory understanding is this sums up, uh, this is summed up under that uh, critical theory or critical, uh, I call it critical social justice. I think I probably got that from Bodie Bauckham mm. and, um, and, and it's basically, it's just not justice. And it sets up a system that I think it sets up the very system we're trying to, um, we're trying to avoid, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I really uh, like the way you broke down that difference between equality and equity, which can sound similar and maybe in, you know, some people use them interchangeably, but there really is a difference there. Um, you know, but obviously the real definition of justice, or we might say, you and I might say the biblical definition of justice is bigger than the American dream. So what, if if you're going to get into, you know, what's the real definition of justice, um, beyond just kind of the discussion between equality or equity, how would you define that? Yeah, sure. So, okay. There's a few things that go into this. One is, is as we, as that, as we talk about almost anything, not just justice related, but, but anything out there in the world. And uh, I think there's important questions to ask. And one of the most important question that we could be asking ourselves constantly is by what standard. And um, when we, when we believe things, we need to believe them on authority mm-hmm. and we should be looking for proper and right authority as we uh, seek to understand things, especially justice by what standard by what standard are we saying something is just or unjust because uh you know social justice critical social justice the standard is is the the culture so as culture morphs and moves so too does the standard and that's a dangerous thing because that means that means uh, the, the 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 system of justice which is moral by the way I mean, we're talking about moral issues. That means what's, what we're doing is we're setting up a moral system in society that's relative, mm-hmm. meaning it, 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 it morphs and changes according to how the culture and the society feels. And this is not a good system. And, and, um, and this is how oppression happens. This is how inequality ultimately rises to the surface. Now, 
the the true i love there's a definition in a book it's it's called uh social justice versus biblical justice it's like a pamphlet really it's um maybe 30 pages long mm-hmm. you know and it's it's put up by this guy e kelvin beisner and he's a fantastic uh scholar and i love the definition that he uses in that book it's and this is what it says i'm, gonna, I'm just going to quote it because i i think it's a perfect definition here the biblical concept of justice is rendering impartially and proportionally to everyone his due in accord with the righteous standard of God's moral law. So the, the important thing to notice is there's a few things within this, the, the definition of true justice. A true justice requires uh, first impartiality. Mm-hmm. We should be impartial in our, in our judgment, meaning we don't judge people according to um, the, the, you know, their socioeconomic status, for example. Uh, the second is justice renders to each what's uh, properly due to them. The punishment needs to, to fit the crime. Justice is proportional. So if, if, if you, um, and, and this, is the, the, this is where I think actually our justice system is kind of failing us a little bit. I think, uh, I think these things aren't true of it. And then the, but the third component, which is in my mind, the most important component is that justice conforms to God's moral law. Mm-hmm. And that's the standard that I'm talking about when we, when we say by what standard, the standard is outside of ourselves. It's unchanging. It's, it's, it's according to God's moral law, which he lays for, down for us in, in the scriptures. Be sure to tune in next week to part two of our interview with John Noyes.